welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Southland. This is season three, episode eight, Fixing a Hole. Story by Will Rokos. Teleplay by Chio Hadari Coker. Directed by Christopher Chulik, or Chulak, or Chulak, one of the three. Pick your poison. Uh, I give this episode a 7.8 out of 10. Other than one particular arc which is the one between ben and john the other two story arcs did not interest me as well other than the fact that two detectives were being very kind to someone (laughs) that on cross-examination should have been a slam dunk for the defense because she is clearly not a reliable witness so let's start with that story line uh, Lydia, Josie, they go and pick up this woman, I forgot her name, that is supposed to be a witness in this murder trial. She knows that uh, that Mike was murdered by this other guy. The reason they are so dependent upon the witness, Lydia explains, is because the officer that arrested the man witnessed the shooting but cannot testify in the shooting that's one weird rule that i didn't know about secondly he forgot to read him his miranda rights which i heard an article the saying that's gonna go away and i'm like uh should it what is the basis <laughs> of this going away i probably should have actually clicked on the article if i wanted to know but it felt like it was bullshit so i didn't um because i couldn't think of one one good reason that that would happen and so they're they're sent to babysit getting this witness to the trial they get there she's not ready and it's very clear that she is an alcoholic she used to be somebody but is no longer someone and i'm not sure like i have never been this addicted to fame or notoriety or attention to the fact where i'm like i need to have this back or or be so depressed but that's where that's where they want to put our empathy with this lady but she is a hot mess they take her to the lawyer the prosecutor and he's like yeah uh the one guy the prisoner he missed his bus coming from the jail so it's been pushed back it's gonna be four hours he knows she's rather shaky but this is all he has and they tell her or lydia tells him as much like she's not gonna make it that long she's she's a fucking alcoholic okay she's not reliable just as she's telling ochoa mommy needs her medicine He's like, look, uh, professionally, I can't tell you to give her alcohol, but basically do what you need to do. (laughs) Uh, So they take her out to a restaurant. They apparently didn't notice that she was in the bathroom for more than 10 minutes. It was like, yeah, we just are talking and eating and enjoying our lunch. They also have to take her to the mall to change her top because her tatas are out. And she's like, uh, if you have them, flaunt it. Every day I'm shuffling. They were 
was 50 50 and then a cho then josie's like uh you pay for it she's like what about 50 50 i'm not paying for this damn lunch you're gonna pay for this shit half they have to chase her down to the liquor store because she really need a drink that bad and that's a problem it's actually really sad then they have to smack the cup out of her hand and the liquor is like i'm gonna call the police we are the police what they got to do with the fact that you just made a mess and you ain't cleaning it up other than saying sorry and leaving with the alcoholic woman and not explaining jack diddly shit <laughs> uh they finally get her to the courtroom calm her down lydia's like look this is gonna be the 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 performance of a lifetime they're gonna hang on your every word she does a really good job on the stand they go out and take her to celebrate and as she is drunk and enjoying herself and being complimented she reveals that she actually did not witness the murder that someone else witnessed the murder but he was a meth head not very reliable like she is herself <laughs> and admits to perjury so Lydia has to arrest her she's like are you serious and then they have to both take her to jail and Lydia has to give her a pep talk like you gonna have to dig deep man because you <laughs> you're going to jail <laughs> for some time <laughs> I feel like they would commute it I think that if they had gotten a guilty verdict and I'm not sure maybe they did that would be a lot more but because they didn't get a guilty verdict uh, i don't know it's still perjury whatever maybe but i feel as if you get a good attorney because the minute they would arrested me i would have got an attorney <laughs> they probably would have got you in some rehab because that's what you need more than you need jail you need rehab and that's the conclusion of that story arc it was just basically lydia and josie on an adventure with a with a witness and the things that people have to do for trial witnesses the other story involved uh sammy and i quite frankly did not care i just didn't sammy feels bad he goes to the counselor he's still playing house with mariella which is nate's wife widow the son is very confused he's got him flipping pancakes with them he's already about to be a father so he kind of feels like he can parent him as well we just saw him in the arms of his ex which is just weird so it's just it's weird that they are allowing the situation to continue but it feels as if mariella finally realizes nope this is not okay especially when she's at the bank and they won't move the money and he basically just has to use his his uh well he really uses his badge like i'm a cop this is what happened she i'm sure explained the exact same situation but the rules are the rules but because i'm me and i'm a white man it's not a good look <laughs> it's quite frankly not a good look and in the end she decides to leave town for good she's gonna sell the house sammy finds who he believes is nate's killer the guy swears up and down that he he didn't kill him that he's innocent innocent he has him dig his own grave and next episode he should totally be fired right <laughs> but that's if this guy would actually 
rat him out i'm not sure it might have been properly properly terrified but but alas he uh he lets him go and i wanted to feel something with these scenes with sammy i just don't i'm pretty sure i never like sammy <laughs> there might be a time or some times that i do like sammy but for the most part he does not engage me as much as any of the other characters including russell <laughs> so that tells you something that sammy made nate or nate made sammy is what i should say let's go to the last story between john and ben uh ben is at a diner is getting hit on by this uh this waitress named kaya so he does not have uh, a problem getting the ladies he expresses that he's still an officer in training and that he is ready to shake the nest go, go out on his own uh, ben is uh, not ben john is still struggling with his addiction he's decided to kick the habit cold turkey that's never gonna go well but he's decided to not continue to rely on pain pills which several people ask about the fact that they're criminals <laughs> like i know that look that's a coming down look the guy in the back seat is talking shit like uh you all right yeah, all right because he's like come on let's go he's like uh you didn't eat anything it's okay just pay the lady and he does and uh you know that there is a <laughs> i think what he says it's a father-son relationship with dewey says later <laughs> you know they grow up think that they know better i think that sums up perfectly what john and ben have it is a mentorship but he respects the shit out of them even as he knows that he is not as he should be which he asks about you know he's clearly we see him limping around he's sweating profusely the criminal is in the backseat like i've seen some tension between you two anything going on now he is just antagonizing the situation because he's like look most people talk about their wives or their families can you why all the silence can y'all have a conversation and when he asks if he's high, he stops the car suddenly and the guy hits his nose, his uh his face <laughs> into the back of the That was terrible, but at the same time, you shouldn't have been talking shit. They stop at a crime where a school bus has been robbed by two children. They are taking statements. Uh Cheeky's there as well. She's like, I'm sorry about he's like, I'm sorry what happened the other day. She's like, like John said, if I'm if not me, anyone else. By the way, is he okay? Then she says the 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 most asinine thing I think I've ever heard in my life, considering where she is at right now. <laughs> Go talking about your partner. Your you can only be as strong as your partner. You need to count on them. Did Dewey not fucking, even though I totally don't blame Dewey for it, but come, your partner is Dewey. The same Dewey that locked you in a fucking car and went on a rampage. I don't think you have any, <laughs> any say in the matter of having someone that you're riding with having your back. You can't say shit about that. You were just about to quit. 
so whatever john's problems are you can't address them because you are living in a glass house ma'am get the fuck out my face with that shit it looks like john is leaning for support but no he spotted a kid and he goes over and talks to him and he asks his name his name is michael he says he lived in a cave a magical cave with two other kids social services is called i'm curious on how shy feels about how this was handled uh just because she would know it a lot better than i do but the social worker is there she's like look he was in a foster home because he's like his parents should be shot well his mom is dead uh and his father's locked up she was a prostitute and he's ran away before he's been missing for two weeks for two weeks well we've been looking and he's like that's not good enough like he's keeps seeing this kid looking over at him and he's like what do you mean he's been on the street he's alone and you're telling me that you don't believe him i've been on the street i believe him i know he's telling the truth despite your 35 30 whatever years of experience i also had that experience i'm telling you this boy is not making that up and he can't shake it the entire episode not only is it just his back problems but he feels i mean he talks about detectives because another detective is, has taken over the case or uh, that's something that ben tries to assault him with and he's like yeah detective detectives all you have to do is take an exam <laughs> they don't know what it's like to be on the streets but mainly it is just the idea that you know he's haunted the things that haunt him particularly with children he can sense something is not okay the situation doesn't feel right and your only reaction is it's been handed off to a detective as well as the caseworker involved doesn't seem to believe you or want to follow up on what your instinct says they end up getting back to the station no does he yell at someone because he does yell no that was just the, the caseworker he then back at the station dewey comes in and he also had a scene where where he just said i gotta go get coffee and uh showing he's still addicted and he asks, he's like how you guys doing they're not talking ben leaves early and he's just brushing his teeth and he's like uh, don't worry about it. it's how it happens you know all father-son relationships go this way and that uh how eventually realized you know after everything you taught him yada 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 and usually dewey is very annoying but the last two times we've seen him no just one time we've seen him he's rather been subdued at least he's subdued in this episode because actually the last time i remember him is that the case about the woman in the tv and that was rude but he asked very calmly you okay dude and he says uh well no he says you should come to a meeting with me then he says go fuck yourself then he goes out and it's clear that ben knows exactly what he's going to do and he's standing by his car and he's like just go home and he's like i just want to know why why <laughs> tell me why what is it about this kid he's like i just know i just know once you've been doing it this long you just you it's you know you sense it and despite everyone and it probably 
ending up a different way he could not as i said earlier could not let it go so he ends up spending both of them the whole entire night canvassing the area they even ignore a call because he's like uh they're they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna come looking for us and he says look you can get i'll just get uh demoted you'll get fired so just go home and he's like i'm coming with you so they both risk it on his instinct because he's like you're gonna question me too and he's like no i'm actually not gonna question you even though it seems that nothing is coming up no one knows anything um they even talked to one of his snitches who does say he saw the kid and he knows where he saw him but that doesn't lead to anything they end up going in and then they get the call caseworker calls him because she said i couldn't get what you said out of my head you pushed back at me to do the right thing and so i started i started remembering why i do this what that because i do think that there is and it's not no real fault of a social worker to sometimes get um numb to all of the madness right and you forget that every situation is not the same situation at least that's how it's been portrayed i i can only speak from the people i know (laughs) that have been in social work because they do treat you kind of like a number when you're down there um or a case by case and there's only so much you can do and and, you know you get cynical you get balled down you got you're overworked you're understaffed and people fall through the cracks in the system that's what we hear about all the time and uh to know that an officer is just like i just want you to care i just want you to look into it and the minute she looks into it uh it's those two actions it's him choosing to canvas and talk to this old man and then her choosing to look at the sex offenders child molesters in the area and she gave him one visit and that's all he needed he got spooked killed himself and they found the other two boys and saved them from what was the magical cave which is where he had them doing all types of ill-gotten things and it just goes to show uh, even dewey's like i'm gonna be sick like I, I gotta get some air this is fucked up and he doesn't like crow or take credit or because nobody's winning here this is not about a win but i do love the part where they show ben's face because he still thinks that he has it he's got it all figured out i'm ready to get out there by myself yeah i've got all of that but this is someone that's what he said he's like sometimes you the only thing you could do is go home and know that you've done your best but even that cannot seem good enough when there are predators out there and they're so prolific and they continue to get away with doing the thing and if this if it wasn't for him and it wasn't for yeah basically if it wasn't for him that really put the spark under her this kid would have went back in the system tyrell and the other boy would have been still being molested so i thought that was a really strong story arc and it also just goes to show that even the most you could be going through whatever in your personal life and it can affect your job but also you could still be good at your job and that's what it shows that 
John, whatever his personal problems are, he's good at his job. But I do think he's at the crux of needing to do something. He knows the minute he goes into surgery, he's going to be on a desk. And that is something he's just terrified of. He's paralyzed by that idea. And then when you see something like this in this episode, you can't help but think, oh my God, you're right. If not you, then who? Dewey? More Deweys out there? That's not going to be people who's saving kids like this. So that was the best part of the episode. Everything else was lukewarm to to absolutely um, indifferent. And uh, yeah, I think that concludes my recap and review. We do have feedback as stated earlier. So let's uh, hear what Shy has to say. Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Southland. I think this is episode seven. Um, yeah, of season three, or is it eight? Whatever. Anyway, it's the next episode. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this one it was a little bit better than last week's as far as you know my aggravation level. It wasn't high as high. <laughs> um, and maybe it's also because we didn't get too much Dewey and Chicky in this one, which I'll be very thankful for. Because, again, um, like you mentioned in your previous podcast, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm also not a fan of these two characters. Um, but Dewey wasn't horrible in this one. And he actually came, gave some good advice even though any advice coming from him will not be it's hard to take because he's just not the type of person that you would want to get advice from even if in this instance it happens to be good advice to give to John in regards to you know observing that he doesn't look too good and to you know gotta get off of that stuff and um and for him to uh join his um his uh NAAA meetings uh, which I'm impressed that he's still going to um, which is a one I'll give him a point for that um, uh, and, and outside of his very irritating and dismal character um, aside from at least he's staying on the straight and narrow and staying sober so I'll give him some props for that um so I'm I'm kind of to the point where it's like really something has to give with this John art story art because we it's been like ongoing for seasons now with him and the pills and the back issues. I'm like, dude. I mean, I know you love your job, and <laughs> but I just feel like he's doing irreparable damage um, by continuing to go down this route, and he's such a great character outside of that and such a his and he's I mean he's just one of those you know you would you know he has his rough exterior and he can be you know but there's like a method to his madness um when he's when he's doing what he's doing when he's saying what he's saying a lot of the times I mean yes there's I mean he could be a big of a prick sometimes outside of that but ultimately you know, he has a soft spot for kids, which is very interesting that he would 
deny his ex-wife, you know, the not want because she wanted to have a baby and he said no. I mean on on some levels I get it, but it's like my my only caveat is that he's still good with kids and he seems like he would make a great father to a child because when it comes to the kids he goes above and beyond and he doesn't you know, he just he has yeah, he just goes the extra mile when it comes to children and especially when they're being um, mistreated. If you hear howling, it's my son's puppy that he got. Um, he's probably in his kennel because my son left and of course he hates being in there. So, um, but I mean, he doesn't, he's not in there for long. Like my son will leave for, but he needs to be kennel trained because um, there are times when he, we're all doing different things, work, school, whatever the case may be, and we cannot leave him out. <laughs> so he has to go in the kennel. Um, but anyways, so back to the show. Um, the whole Lydia and um, whatever her partner's name is. I don't know why I can't remember that lady's name, but... Um, with the drunk, the drunk eyewitness. Uh, we were just talking about that in the last episode, uh, the last podcast about eyewitness account when it came to Sammy. And then we got this fool <laughs> giving her a uh, non eyewitness account of events. And I'm like, girl, do you not know that perjury is illegal? <laughs> like, you can't go on the stand and testify to something that you didn't see. Like, I mean, that's hearsay for one thing. Because, you know, for another, it's perjury because you're lying on the stand that you saw something you didn't see. And and what you're testifying to is what you heard, um, again, which is hearsay. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then she confesses this two cops like what is wrong with this lady i guess she just got too into her ego and her role and you know she forgot who she was talking to and so they were like shit we gotta (laughs) this girl anyways but then i'm like why would i even depend on her anyway i mean i know she was the last ditch effort they were desperate but i'm like she's an obvious drunk uh and unreliable (laughs) regardless um, so who knows, but again, I guess desperate times calls for desperate measures in that situation. Then we got finally got some resolution on this Sammy and Nate's wife, uh, thing because I was definitely ready for this to be over. Um, that whole thing because I just feel it, and you said it well in your last previous podcast. I mean, but yeah, it's so weird, it's just, I mean, it's just not appropriate at this point and it's unhealthy because they are, you know, I mean, they're grieving and then they're leaning on each other, which is good, but it's in an unhealthy way. And so they're not, I mean, the kid was talking about, the son was talking about, you know, mom doesn't cry when you're around. That's because he, they're like depending on each other to uh, get over their grief and, you know, or not, be in their grief as much um but we got sammy doing sammy um and and kidnapping 
the guy that he believes is the one that, um, even though he can't remember, um, killed Nate. And so it's like, dude, uh, I just tell you, the decisions he makes sometimes, just like the one going to see Tammy in the last episode, because that's the person I was hoping to never see again. Um, and then we have him kidnapping this dude and, you know, having him, I'm like, this is some illegal shit you got going on. You can be fired from the force for doing this. And I'm like, it's murder, dude. I mean, I know you miss Nate, but you need to process this in a healthier way. This shit, you know, living with his family and then him doing what he's doing with this guy. Obviously, you have some things you need to deal with. And uh, I'm surprised that... Um, there, I did. Oh yeah, it's been a few months, right? So did they have him go through therapy and all that stuff, some counseling? Cause dude still needs it. He's just, it's just it's completely unhealthy. And I'm surprised no one is saying anything to him about him continuing. I'm talking about uh, friends and coworkers or whatever about him continuing to live there. But thankfully, she's moving. She's the voice of reason or the rational one in the whole situation and decides to sell the house, move her family to where her parents are and, you know, kind of get her life together, which is what she needs to do because they're both not processing it in a healthy way, like I said. So I'm glad to see that. Other than that, I think those are the main points that I wanted to make for this episode. Um, Yeah, I can't think of anything else that happened. So uh, I'm glad that John, you know, stayed the course. Oh, yeah, the guy. I mean, it's like, I don't know if it's because, I mean, it seemed pretty obvious. So, but I mean, the guy that he was talking to at the park, I'm like, watch that be the actual guy that they're looking for. I mean, and of course, never fails. It's just such a a thing it's like i think all cop shows do that um it's usually the first person that you take you know you talk to not usually but a lot of times it's the first person you talk to that ends up being the person that you go oh yeah they come up with a plausible whatever then you move on and then once when you backtrack you realize oh yeah it was him all along so that wasn't too surprising that it was the the per the per perv in the park so all right that's all i got until next time much love peace of black or magic queen of the couch shy thank you shy for your thoughts on the episode so uh yes going back up from the bottom from your feedback yes when i saw that dude and he was like oh i've only seen and he asked a follow-up question i was like that's totally him that is a thing that they do in shows all the time but it also, um, to me, is a mark in, like, what if that was Lydia that asked him that question versus John? Because he was making a comment about detectives, and then he went and canvassed all night, and then he's like, shit, he kind of got a little bit of, well, it does kind of suck to be a detective. But that's also another thing where, as a detective, you might have, you're so used to questioning witnesses that this may have 
popped out to you may have uh been something lydia herself would have been like well, why are you asking follow-up questions sir everybody else i asked and they're just like oh yeah yeah i mean most people do they're like have you seen this person no what's up uh nothing just asking some questions all right well okay <laughs> he's like oh there's no kids around here oh and there's this thing oh let me ask i'm like yep 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 it's totally him and yes, I'm with you. Sammy should be not, if not fired, arrested. But because he's a white man in America and a police officer, that ain't shit happening to him. <laughs> uh, I think that the the actress lady, I think she was just lonely, and she thought that they were friends, and she was drunk, and she even. <laughs> after she arrested her she's like can i get another vodka double you gonna this gonna be the last drink you gonna get in a long time so you better enjoy this girl <laughs> so there was a little bit of empathy there for her but yeah no she totally thought that they was best friends puppies puppies i love puppies i want a puppy but i'm not gonna get one because i'm like no i don't want this i don't want another child in my life i'm good good I'm all good maybe when she's 18 i'll 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 bite the bullet but not not yet i can't do it and lastly yeah crackheads can't give me advice on money (laughs) so a guy who's barely over his addiction cannot give me advice about addiction i know he he's not really addicted see i know that's the big thing would you consider him addicted i don't consider him addicted i consider him because if he was addicted he would have been forced off those pills he can get rid of them and they were a prescription he just he became well dependent is this can be the same as addictive right so i suppose uh but he also doesn't feel he can live life without but that also could change in the next like that's what you've decided today uh and you just decided that today and you're not doing it the right way so yeah never mind uh <laughs> i'm not gonna defend john there because you can't defend you you need to do it the right way doing it this way is not helping you out at all so i suspect that it's probably going to hit a, a precipice pretty soon here um we have two more episodes left in the season and i i have no doubt that they'll probably address it there and I'm not saying it because I actually saw them. I don't remember. I have like no recollection, no recollection at all <laughs> on these next couple episodes. If you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. <laughs>